Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 123 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We are brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing, anything you need to build your business on or offline. It's website design, Google ads, graphic design, printing. We can absolutely help. I say we because I do own that company. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. You can request a free review of your online presence today. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. We got. We do have Bo behind the camera. Things look different because we're in a new studio in Boca Raton. Uh, we got Christian behind the cameras as well. Ben's around here somewhere. We're up at the uh, Podcast Junkie Studio in, in Boca Raton. So uh, this is going to be our new home for a while. Um, don't forget to like, comment, download, share, click that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate the support. Today we have uh, Hodger Gracie Black Belt Nicholas Gregoriadis. He's going to be joining us in a minute. Uh, we're going to do a quick few shout-outs first. We want to thank our friends over at Flow & Roll. Hands down, the best custom gi and no-gi gear in the business. Don't believe us? Visit them on Instagram at flow underscore and underscore roll and check out all of their custom designs. Uh, they're working with academies across the country. You can find their our podcast tee there. You can go see them. Um, their website is flowenroll.com. You get 20% off with code JJD. But the really interesting thing is they have an incredible pre-order program for gyms, especially if you're a new academy, you need to stock up. Talk to them about their pre-order program. Very little money out of pocket. You can gear up. He'll actually send the gear right to your students. So it uh, makes it a lot easier for you, and he gives you a couple little bells and whistles there. It gives the students a few bells and whistles. They get a little bag with the gi and, and some nice stuff. I uh, also want to shout out Neutral Zone CBD. We got them. Where's where we have them? Hey, there's Neutral Zone. Neutral Zone CBD. No matter if your aches and pains are coming from lifting weights at the gym, rolling on the mats, or just a daily grind of life, Neutral Zone has a product for you. Find your Neutral Zone by finding the best products for your pain and wellness so you can continue your active lifestyle. Check them out at Neutral Zone. It's my Neutral Zone on IG and NeutralZoneCBD.com. You get 25% off with code JJD on their website. Uh, then we have Leo Optics. I got the shirt on today. I'm repping. Uh, Leo Optics is a sunglass and apparel company specializing in signature bamboo sunglasses. Do I have my sunglasses around? I love these. These are the ones I just wore on the ride. These are actually bamboo. Freaking love them, right? Uh, amazing. Their passion is rooted in the jiu-jitsu lifestyle founded in Southern California with products reflecting the BJJ lifestyle. So LeoOptics.com, code JJD, gets you 10% off. And last but not least, we have BioPro. We got the box. I got to wear us. BioPro. BioPro is a, basically, it's, it bears some explaining because a lot of people have misconceptions about, you know, taking something like this. This is a bioidentical alternative to human growth hormone. BioPro contains genetically active activated growth factors that support DNA repair, regenerate cells, and helps to balance healthy hormones in both men and women. All of this, there's no needles, no side effects. You can check them out at bioproteintech.com, and you get $30 off with code JJD. Now, it's on regularly priced kits. They run some specials every once in a while with, like, it's $100 off a two-pack. You get $30 off if you're buying something that's not already on sale, and the order has to total more than $295. All right, so check them out again, bioproteintech.com. Dot com. All right. That's everything. Bo, did I miss anything? No? Yeah. We're good? We're good. All right. Let's get Nicholas in here. Let's do this. Hey, Nicholas. How you doing? Hey, hey buddy. I'm good. I'm good. So let's, well. let's tell everybody why you're in the car first, <laughs> if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. So um, 
man, last night I locked myself out of my apartment. <laughs> like locking myself out is kind of, it's a bit harsh on me, to be honest, uh, because what happened is my apartment door, it can only be locked with the key. So you can't really lock yourself out, if you know what I mean. You can't yeah. really like just close the door and be like, oh shit, I'm locked out. But I put the key in and turned the key and locked it and then the key broke off. Uh, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but the, so it was late last night. I was on my way to my girlfriend's house when this happened. And, um, you know, there were no, uh, I, I called the mobile locksmith at my girlfriend's house in Santa Monica and he came over and he said, I don't have this kind of key, so I can't fix it. And anyway, long story short, after this podcast, I'm going to the locksmith to get this sorted out. But yeah, I'm in the car on the phone, so uh, I take full responsibility if the audio visual on my side is not good. It's nothing to do with Milton. He's a true professional and he gave me lots of warning and he wanted me to have a proper mic and like, yeah. So you're I'm fine, man. That, you you're, know, to the audience. And you're, you're fine, man. We've been here before. The, we've, the sound is good. The picture is good. I think we're okay. So don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, so let, let's dive in a little bit. Let's... Uh, uh, you know, we can't just uh, glaze over the fact that you are Hadra Gracie's very first black belt, right? I think that's probably the thing that uh, most people know right off the bat about you, correct? Yeah, and I'm happy to talk about that. But before we go on, I just have to get this out. We can't glaze over the fact that you actually look a lot like Joe Rogan. I'm sure people have told no, you that no, <laughs> me? Yeah, no yeah. way. No, I... same kind of vibe. No, yeah. Oh, Without do the I? Cap, no, because I see you've got you've got hair, but like, <laughs> just the face structure and the oh. and the body type, and behind the mic. I yeah. I take that Worst as a compliment. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I'm a definitely I'm a little is. bit taller than him though. Just a little bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh, go ahead. Tell us um, about so yeah, tell yeah, us uh, about that uh, that journey. Yeah, man. Uh, I got my black belt. Jeez, man, it's been it's been a while now. I think it was two thousand. It was two thousand and eight. So what is that? Fourteen years ago? Fifteen years ago? Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, it was one of those things that um, I don't know, Molten, if you're the same, but I'm at this at the point now where I, I realize that uh, looking looking at my life, looking at the rearview mirror, I I see everything just happened the way it was supposed to. And I can see God's influence in that, in that series of events. Uh, and yeah, it was just a great adventure. Uh, I was very blessed, very lucky. I worked very hard. Um, it was just a confluence of factors that, that allowed me to, to train with Roger and, and get my belt from him. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah, truly a great adventure. So you started out, you are originally from South Africa, correct? Yeah, I grew up right at the tip of South Africa in a place, in a place called Cape Town. Okay. And um, I'd done a little bit of martial arts out there, a little bit of nogi grappling, some boxing, quite a lot of judo when I was, when I was a younger kid. Um, so I, would, I wouldn't say I was like a, an advanced level martial artist by any stretch, but I kind of, you know, I'd had some experience in martial arts. And then I moved when I was 23. 24 i moved to london uh uk and roger had just been there for a year as well he just opened up his own academy and so uh he was the the guy i went to go train with not because he was he wasn't really that famous then but just because i had a friend who was training with him as well another guy had left south africa so i went to go um and train there and it was i always say that that was 
I, I really believe your life is like a set of branching paths or the phrase I've learned is bifurcation points. And, uh, you know, you're at each one of those splits, each split will result in a very different experience moving forwards, right? And that particular choice to go to Rogers Academy, there was another academy that I was looking at, but I look at that choice and realize that was one of the best choices I made ever because it led to a whole bunch of really cool things. And I just know if I had chosen that other, if I'd taken that other path, it wouldn't have been as good, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, I'm always telling people like, you know, I'm, I'm, if it wasn't for certain things, even though the really bad things that happened in my life, I wouldn't be exactly where I am right now. I don't know where I would be, but I'm pretty happy with my life. I, you know, I, I don't know that I would have found jujitsu. I don't know that I would have uh, started the podcast. I don't know if I would have been there. Did we lose him? No. Oh, he's still there. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I heard a little, I heard a little bell, like it hung up. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I just wouldn't be in the same place. I'm, I'm always telling people, uh, you know, just keep on, you know, good or bad, keep on putting one foot in front of the other. And, and you'll, you know, if you're a good person, you're going to have some good things happen to you, you know, but um, so you, South Africa to UK, where, when do you meet Hydra Gracie? When do you, is that, you, you don't, that's not till the States? No, no, I met him in, in England. In, oh, you did meet him in, in the UK. England. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So when I arrived in the UK, that's when I started uh, training with him. Okay. So you get yeah. your black belt in 2008, but I've, I've heard you talk about the fact that you also did some judo. Really? You, did you start with judo? Your martial arts training? Yeah, I mean, the judo was like, judo was at like from the ages on and off from the ages of seven to like 15. So, it, and, and it was more off than on for a couple of years in the beginning from seven to about nine, I was really into it. And then I, I took some breaks and then I, I came back and would go train every now and then for a little bit. So I was definitely not, I think I was a brown belt in, in like junior level judo, if I'm not mistaken. Like, so I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't amazing at judo. That's for sure. Uh, but, you know, I was kind of familiar with the feeling of grappling and, and like wrestling with someone, I guess. Mm -hmm. So now I've, I've also heard you talk about, I call it the dirty little secret of jujitsu, at least. Um, you mentioned at your age, you know that rolling or maybe rolling hard isn't the best thing for your body. That I, right? I've heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why? So, Absolutely. so why do we still do it? I'm, I'm, I just turned 50. Why do we still do this? Uh, I, I think partly it's, I mean, like if we just want to call it out, it's ego, right? Like do it because you don't want to, <laughs> don't want to accept that you probably shouldn't be doing it and that you're getting older. I mean, like let's, let's call it what it is. But uh, for me, what I've really identified is, you know, the actual act of like wrestling and sparring and like doing rounds and stuff like that is to me really very low on the list of things that I do jiu-jitsu for. In fact, it's not even one of the reasons I do jiu-jitsu anymore. And I think of it as the cost of entry to go and hang out with these wonderful people that I spend time with. You know, for me, it's the, the camaraderie and the, the, excuse the pun, grounding nature of jiu-jitsu, you know, just going and being there with like people in a very physical way and joking around with the guys and, you know, like just, it's just like a little sanctuary, uh, the, the, the academy, you know, and that to me is why I keep doing it. It's definitely not for the, the techniques and the wrestling and stuff, because that stuff, I still appreciate good technique and I still appreciate learning more about the art, but like sparring and stuff, 
man, it, it's just, it's, uh, it hurts. <laughs> it just hurts. Yeah. That's the truth, right? I, I say that it's, uh, I feel like it's cleansing. It cleanses the soul. At least for me, it washes away the stress of the day. I mean, I'm usually training in the evening, so yeah. uh, I'm I'm training probably five, six days a week. My gym is open seven days a week, so I can really go whenever I nice. want. Um, it's especially when I need it most when life is throwing some some crap my way. I'm, there are difficulties in my life, whether it's sure. work or the personal side. It's the one thing that I know that I have to do in order to survive mentally more than anything. So it's, uh, for me at 50, um, yeah, I mean, the aches and pains start to stack up. I, I spend at least an hour before I leave the house just massage gunning and stretching and, and doing things that, you know, just to, to make sure that I can get out there and keep up with these little guys. My school, we have a big kids program, so a lot of the kids come up. You know, these guys are 16 years old, strap on a blue belt, but they've been training since they were five. You know, these kids have yeah. been training longer than I have. I'm, I'm at nine years. June was nine years uh, that I've been training. So, uh, yeah, okay. it's like to, just to keep up with these guys, it's uh, there's there's a, a method to my madness before I go to the gym now. You know, I just can't I can't just walk in anymore. I'll throw out my back pretty much. Yeah, It's the back, right? The lower back. I think that the nature of jiu-jitsu, like to be honest, the rest of my body's in great shape. I don't have knee issues. I don't have shoulder issues. I don't really have neck issues. It's just the lower back. Like I find that the, the the nature of that constant flexion from the guard position, especially when people are like driving into your guard and pushing down on your on your hips, right, or pushing down on your legs, it causes a lot of flexion in the lumbar part of the spine. And to me, it's not really the warm up that is that important. It's the it's the post training stretching I found that makes all the difference. If I don't stretch my lower back and, and like stretch out and undo all that compression that's happened in the session, then invariably like I get a lot of tension and stiffness in the in the lower back right after my body cools down and even more the, the next morning, you know. Has there ever been a time that you said this is I, I think I should quit. I need to stop. Even at, yeah, at the lower I, belts, not just now. Uh, at the lower belts, no, but, but like recently I was teaching, uh, I was teaching a seminar in, well, where is it? North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I just taught another seminar in Delaware the day before, and then I was catching a flight to North Carolina and that flight was canceled. So I had to take an early morning flight and basically, you know, got off that flight and then literally the, my host picked me up and took me straight to the gym to teach the, um, the other seminar. And then at the end of the seminar, this young brown belt wanted to roll and I was like stupidly ego. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, let's roll. And after that, we got back to my host's house. My girlfriend was with, was with, with me on this trip and I just, um, they wanted to go out and get some lunch or something. And I remember I was just like, no, they wanted to go for dinner. And I just said, look, I just haven't got it in me. I was like, I like my, my, I'm so beat up and tired. And I could just feel, you know, like I don't consider myself an old man. And I'm, I, I think I'm in, in excellent shape and I'm limber and healthy and got a good sex drive. And I'm excited about life. But like, I realized then at that point, I was like, yeah, there's certain things you can't do anymore. Like it's just, and that, that was the hard limit for me that two seminars in one day, um, with sparring like that was like not uh hit the limit yeah i i 
now, at, well, it, it's funny because I'm training more now than I did before. Uh, I'm, I feel like I have learned how to train around my injuries, and it's a lot of it's back. It's my lower back. I have blown out a knee once, but my knees are, I'm okay. Um, I, I just feel like I've learned how to, you know, it's like a little bit more pulling guard, get somebody down into, you know, into my game. Um, I'm not, tr I'm not, I never, I competed a little bit at, at lower belts at like white and blue. Um, so I, I just haven't really competed at the higher belt. So I'm not, I'm not there for that. I'm there for body, mind, soul than I am for competing or I've got, got to win practice, you know? So I just go in there. I play my game. I don't let anybody really take me out of that. I know that if you, like if somebody's going to be competing and they want to roll hard, I'm down. But you know, let me know. Let me know that you're about to compete and you want to go hard. And I'll you know it's my choice to say, yeah, maybe I'm not the right guy for this role for you right yeah. now. You know, uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm I guess at at nine years, seven years in the same gym, I'm not afraid to say those things. I guess also at at my age, I'm not afraid to say those things. I think a lot of people. I've seen it. They'll just, well, yeah, I'm going to do this hard roll no matter what, or I'm going to roll with this guy who's obviously, you know, trying to hurt somebody. I'm like, I'm fine with saying, no, don't want to, not, not going to roll with you today because yeah. I know, know that that's going to be a hard roll. Yeah. Um, and you, you literally don't know them. I had a student, uh, or I have a private student, and he, he was telling me about this pretty douchey guy in his gym that always like, like ends up hurting people or roughing them up. And, I just said to him, well, next time he asks you to roll, just say no, right? Like, it's your prerogative. You don't, like, you have a boundary. And I think it's actually, it's an important part of becoming a functional adult is being able to say no and just put a boundary in place and just tell someone that you, you're not comfortable. And just, you know, a lot of us are people pleasers or we've grew, we grew up as people pleasers and we grew up um, in, in uh, institutions where there was usually the, the abuse of authority and we, we never really learned how to say no. And uh, I think it's two part. It's, it's that sometimes you just, a lot of us don't say no because we're too nice. But then a lot of the times it's also, we don't say no because coming around to that, that thing I mentioned earlier, it's ego, right? You think you can still hang with the 17 year old purple belt or whatever. And, and the truth is, man, like you might be able to at our age. Yeah. You might be able to give that kid a run, but the issue is it's the price that you pay right afterwards. Like, and to me, I'm really at the point where that price is just not worth paying, man. Like it's, it's just, I don't, I don't think there's another issue in, in the jujitsu community that there's this weird, like idea that like, yeah, you know, I'm in pain and my body's falling apart, but like, I just duct tape myself up with like <laughs> bandages. And then I like, yeah. I push through and I get back on the mat and it's, it's not intelligent, man. It's not intelligent. Mm. And it comes from fear. It's this like, need to prove yourself or need to show that you're a real man and a tough guy. And that never comes from a good place. That always comes from a place of fear or inadequacy. And uh, I'm not claiming I'm not guilty of this. I've done this many, many, many times, but I'm finally at the point where I've realized it's not intelligent and I don't need the approval and I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm just, I refuse. Yeah. yeah I, I left because I know a, I used to train with a guy. He doesn't really come around anymore. He was purple belt and he would walk in. He had um, every, every joint is wrapped, fingers taped up. Like I would call him a mummy. He'd look like a mummy. He'd come onto the mat with like spats on, you know, no gi. Again, uh, knee pads, everything, elbow pads, knee pads, fingers all taped up. And I was, 
everything and if you rolled with him it was like everything hurt. oh it, uh, you know it's always a, a noise or like oh can't do that you know i'm for me for people that that are in that situation again like you said not not afraid to say no i have i'm uh, at my heaviest i was like low 240s i'm in the 220s right now i have people say no to me every day i have guys that just like walk away like you know that you make that eye contact you know between roles you know, like who's next? Who wants to roll? Um, at Brown Belt, I let people choose me. Like, I guess there's like the old school. Don't ask a higher belt to to train. I don't know if that's just a black belt thing, or is it like you know, a white belt shouldn't be asking a blue belt, or a white shouldn't be asking a purple. I almost never ask anybody to roll. I let them come to me, and um, a, a lot of that is because of size and you know, my weight. You know, I'm in pretty yeah. decent shape for a guy that's walking around in the 220s, but. I feel I, I want them to want to roll with me. I don't want somebody to be like, God, you know, this guy's going to beat me up. But I, I'm, I, I call myself a, I'm, I'm a gentle giant. I'm going to like, if you're lighter than me or less experienced, I'm going to pull guard. And I'm going to let you work. I, I, you know, I, I know how to do this now. I, my ego, I can check my ego at the door and I know, uh, let, let me, uh, you know, I don't have to beat everybody up and I don't have to win every round or submit you 20 times during a round. Um, I do play a little bit of a game for myself, though. If I let somebody like really attack, I'll in the last minute. I just want to at least try to submit them at least once. You know, just let them know that hey, even though I let you beat me up for four minutes, I'm still here. I can, you know, I can. Uh, I, I still sure. know what I'm doing. You know, so again, there's still that little ego in there, just to let them know. We played a little game last night. My coach had. Uh, uh, sometimes we have we have a big female presence. I don't know if you know who a Felipe and Sofia Amarante are. Um, husband wife team she's a, a world champ she's you know uh, just competed most of her career and uh, sometimes the girl we have two different rooms in our gym and sometimes the girls train separately from us so we actually did a little uh, they call it like butt soccer I guess you sit on your butt and you're just like throwing the ball like into goals I don't know why he did it oh, cool. I think the girls wanted to like have this little competition with the guys and we had this this uh, this uh, you know uh, soccer competition with everybody and it, it was it was it was really fun. It was different for us than like doing the normal warm ups, but I had a blue belt when I was trying to get the ball. He kicked me in the chest. <laughs> and I wow. said, why why did you kick <laughs> what are you doing? Why'd you kick me in the chest? So our second roll in, I rolled with him and then I, I you know, playfully really put it on him. You know, and so like things like that. That's still ego. That's that's my ego. What, I'm not, if, you know. what if it had been? What if it had been like a, a black belt that was tougher than you that had kicked you in the chest? That was a black belt that was tougher than me. Um, I probably would have made all the same jokes that I made to the blue belt, um, like joking, like "Oh, I'm gonna get you later." But uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really think about that. What, what do you what What do you think I should? What should have been going through my mind? Look, I can't say what should have been going through your mind. I can tell you the way I'm processing this because, uh, okay, I'll give you an example of, of uh, a close friend of mine who's a good purple belt. He's 51 years old. He loves jujitsu more than anything, trains six times a week. Um, and his, he was at an academy working with an instructor who was giving him private lessons and the one day the instructor just really disrespected him. He came late and uh, there was an altercation and he was just really disrespected. And uh, my friend, to his great credit, and it really illustrates his growth. I was so proud of him. 
you know, he called the guy out. He said, look, man, like, this is not the way you treat people. And, you know, I, I respect that because just because you're a, a good jujitsu athlete does not give you the right to, to be a douchebag or treat people inappropriately. In fact, mm -hmm. it happened to me a while back. I made a comment. And truth be told, the intention of my comment was not vindictive or malicious. It was, it was, it was said in jest, but it was taken. It was inappropriate and it was taken as an insult. And uh, this guy called me out on it. And, you know, I was glad he did. You know, I was, yeah. I was happy he did because, you know, like a lot of, a lot of guys, and the, the fact is like a lot of adult jiu-jitsu guys, especially if it's been their career for their whole life, um, I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of guys out there, like big names. These people are emotionally stunted children because no one has ever called them out. It's the same as ce celebrities. It's, you know, when you're a martial arts instructor or a black belt, you automatically get given this level of respect and authority that sometimes you don't deserve, right? That's the, the mm. honest truth. Just because you're a really good athlete and really good at fighting doesn't mean you're automatically worthy of respect, right? Yeah. And so I think like we really need more of that in the jiu-jitsu community. And uh, I mean, it's especially like, uh, I don't know if you're an instructor, do you teach? Uh, I have, I coached in my first gym at white and blue cause I was my coach's first student. So I was pretty much like his highest level, yeah. but I haven't in my, in the current gym. No, I have not coached, but I'm one to take a new guy under my wing and say, Hey, come on, let's, while they're drilling this, come over here. We're going to work on this. And my coach knows okay. to give me the big guys, especially it's if not, they're new. It's not, it's not quite the same, but like yeah. if you're, if you're an instructor, right? Like you get used to like, yeah, you're on the mat. Like what would you say the guys do? Right. I mean, it's just, that's the nature of the thing. And, and I think, you know, there, you got to be really careful to check yourself. Like it's happened to me when you like just started once with like, you know, I was in another business and I was just like delegating stuff. And these guys were just like, wait a minute, like you're not in charge here. Like you, you know what I mean? But because it's just the nature of, I think that's really important in jujitsu. It's really important if we're going to, if we're going to take it to this thing to the next level, we really have to, we have to root that out, you know, that, and, and root out, you know, that's why they're these dudes who like you're hearing all these reports now of guys like abusing women and pedophiles mm. and like, it's because they just have, they've been unchecked, right? Yeah. They like, it's, it's a very often a Brazilian guy. He arrives here, like he's basically a thug who's good at jujitsu and he opens up a school and starts like, he's got this authority because he's teaching these these people who are like, oh, wow, jiu-jitsu is this amazing, magical thing. And this guy's amazing at it. And he's Brazilian. Oh, just... my God. Right. It's and like there's also yeah, that yeah. allure around somebody who's from Brazil. Yeah. And I, dude, I that thing, I got very quickly cured of that Brazilian thing. But I went to Brazil a couple of times and saw that that is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no reason to respect someone from Brazil. The same way there's no reason to respect someone from America or Japan or Nigeria or whatever, like just because they're from that place, you know, like, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's parts of play of Brazil that are like, man, it's, I hate to say it. It's a shithole. All right. It's yeah. like, I would never, ever want to live there, let alone visit there again. Right. And I know there's parts of every country that are like that, but like this, wow, this guy's Brazilian. He's got to be this like super powerful, all knowing guy. Like, no, dude, that's not true. Right. There's awesome Brazilian human beings and scumbag Brazilian, uh, human beings the same way. They're awesome Americans and scumbag Americans. Sure. Like, Etc. Etc. So I think that's really something people need to check. Um, and I'm quite, as you can mm -hmm. see, I'm getting quite animated about it because, man, I've been, I've seen it over and over and over again. Like there's this hero worship, and 
it's just not uh, it's not healthy. There's a great video. Um, it's on my Instagram. I think I have it pinned on my video page on Instagram. It's a, a video of a I, I don't remember her handle. There's she's I think she's a blue belt. Maybe she's a purple belt now. She does a lot of content. She just got funny stuff. And she does one where there's a voiceover of two men arguing. It sounds like maybe it's like a courtroom scene and the, and the judge is trying to tell. Right. So they're just fighting back and forth. But on, on the screen, it's, it's showing Brazilian and American jiu-jitsu. Like, the, there are two people arguing for Brazilian and American jiu-jitsu. But then it's, she cuts away. It's all her. It's, it's her in different outfits and different geese. But when it cuts away, it is... It's like America, uh, it's Australian and the UK and like all the other countries. So like there's this battle of American and Brazilians, right? This whole like American jiu-jitsu or is it Brazilian jiu-jitsu or is it just jiu-jitsu? And then there's all these other countries like there's all these other countries that nobody else is having this argument. It's this argument between like the Americans and the, and the Brazilians about just jiu-jitsu. It's really funny. Again, if you go to our at jiu-jitsu dummies page on Instagram, it is my favorite video of all time. Again, I've, I've reposted it a couple times and I've pinned it. It's hers. It's not ours. I've given her credit, yeah. but it's, it's a, it's a funny argument. It's funny that you say that. Cause I think that, you know, again, there is this he hero worship that that's already, around a black belt, right? It's automatically, uh, let me say it this way. We've had a lot of guests come on that say, just because you're a black belt doesn't mean you're a good person. And just because you're a black belt doesn't necessarily mean you know how to teach. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Signature Tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of T-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. And I say that to people now, like, oh, would you, people ask me, would you open a school? You're almost a black belt. You're a businessman. You own a marketing company. And I'm like, no, I haven't coached in so long. That's a different beast. You have to be a completely different animal to, to have that patience, to understand, you know, are you going to write a curriculum? Are you just going to like, you know, throw shit against the wall? And it's like, this is what we're doing today. I've seen it happen both ways. I'm in a more structured environment at my school. It's not a written curriculum, but he has, we're like, for one month, we do one series and it starts in one place and then it's like through the entire month again seven days a week we're, we're doing the same things and um i don't you you have to have done it for a long time to then be able to teach other people at least that's that's what i believe i love you said it's it's different when when somebody comes in to the gym and they're a white belt especially if they're bigger i always i'll always grab them like hey i'll roll with you, you know come on uh and i'll take them to the side we'll you know 
get our instruction from the coach, and when he's done, I might take them. I call it Jiu-Jitsu 101, start in my guard, pass, you know, show them side control, things like that. But that's in no way, shape, or form the same as coaching a room full of, like, you know, 30 people or, or sometimes more. But, uh, yeah, I think that there's this, this – I, I think that we have elevated certain people. We've put them on this pedestal, and then I don't want to say maybe give them license to, but – I'm in, I'm in South Florida, and a lot of that stuff happened in Florida. You know, a lot of these allegations against uh, you know black belts. So um, I know it intimately. Some of it was in my former uh, affiliation. You know that uh, that that you know a lot of the guys that got in trouble. So uh, so I know it intimately, and I've talked to a lot of people about it. We've talked about it on the show. We've had guests on talking about it on the show. We've had female competitors talking about it on the show, and it's this thing that these kids they're so impressionable. What is it? What is it called uh, when you they're grooming them. They've been groomed. Like these black belts know that everybody's yeah, looking up to them, and then yeah. they start grooming them, and then and then this shit happens. And the excuse that I guess the age of consent in Brazil is like 14 versus 16 in most states here, that doesn't fly here. The, these are our laws. These are our rules yeah. for a reason. You can't just come here and and you know do what you want and then flee. A lot of these I'm guys remind, have fled back to, to Brazil. Of a story. Well, I'm reminded of a story the other day. I was on on the beach in Santa Monica. Uh, it was like a couple hours before sunset and my girlfriend and I were taking a swim and there were these two guys on the beach. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you, can you still see me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there were these two guys on the beach and the one guy, he just took off his shorts to get changed into his swim trunks, right? Just took it off like naked, naked, like his dick hanging out there waving <laughs> in the wind. And, but he didn't like do it quickly. Like, you know, like, you sometimes you get, you give it a nice stretch. Like, ah. yeah, look, not, it wasn't far off. It was like, yeah. you know, he kind of like, then he, he took off his shorts and he like folded them up and put them on the side and then took out his swim trunks and shook them out and like looked over at his friend and they were joking and talking about stuff and then casually put his shorts on. And there were these kids like playing in the sand, like a few yards down from him. And I just was like, I walked up to the guy and I said, what are you doing? I said, what are you doing? Like there's kids over here. You can't just do that. And he was, I think he was a, he was definitely European. I think he was German and he, he like got quite a shock and he was like, he said, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, man, this isn't Europe. This is, you're in America now. Like you follow our rules. So like when I hear that, like, oh no, the age of consent in Brazil is 14. I don't care. You're in America. You follow yeah. the rules of the land that you're in. Right. Yeah. Um, and I should preface, I should, I should make it very clear that I don't dislike Brazilian people. I actually have some very close Brazilian people that are very close to me in my life. Roger's one of them. Roger's one of the best human beings I know, truly one of the best human beings I know. But I am not just going to give anyone from any ethnicity or skin color or uh, job title or whatever, I will not just give them respect. I, I want to know who the man is in front of me before I just, you know, give them my my allegiance or approval or respect or whatever it might be. I need to know who you are. Is that is that the person that you always were or is that something that you feel like you've learned coming up through jujitsu no it is completely not dude it is like no. i will i will say i will admit when i was a younger man i only measured people by how well they could fight that was the number one i remember like hicks and gracie i i, I would say was borderline idolatry or hero worship of that guy i was like this must be the most self-actualized human being that's ever walked the face of the earth like that's the that's how naive i was i remember once when i like I'm so embarrassed to say this, but 
when I met Roger again, it was the same thing. I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And we went, we were in Brazil once. I was, he was uh, competing at the Worlds and I was also competing that year as a purple belt or a blue belt. And we went out for dinner and he ordered like, he ordered a Coke at the dinner table. And I, my mind, I just couldn't get my mind around this. I was like, like this guy's the best, one of the best fighters in the world. Why is he drinking Coke? Like I, I couldn't like, I was so naive, so narrow minded. I was like, I automatically equated, okay, this guy, he's the best jiu-jitsu fighter in the world. He must be one of the healthiest people in the world. He must be one of the best human beings in the world. He must be one of, et cetera, et cetera. And like, that's how <laughs> I can only make these, uh, these comments or I can only describe this thing because I was on the other side of it for a long time. Yeah. So do you feel like you are the person that you are in spite of jiu-jitsu and in spite of some of the, 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 the bad seeds in, in our world? Does that make sense? Do I feel that I'm the person I'm in spite of jujitsu? Um, bro, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you straight up. Like, it's been a double-edged sword. Jiu-jitsu has, it, it helped me in many ways, but it also stunted me in many ways. Because, yeah. again, it was that same thing. A lot of people, like, just would look up to me and respect me because, yeah, I was good at jujitsu and I was a good teacher and I, I got my black belt quickly and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, you know, I was incredibly underdeveloped or undeveloped in other areas and childlike in, in other areas and a bit of a dick in other in other ways you know mm -hmm. like it, i had to be humbled by life over the next you know i had a back for 15 years and and man life has kicked my ass yeah. it's shown me very clearly like through divorce through other very difficult uh, experiences i've had it's shown me like man you're not as you're not as cool as you thought you were right you're not as good of a person as you thought you were it's, it's been very difficult man so i would answer that multi by saying it's been a, a double-edged a double-edged sword yeah has jujitsu uh, i would expect like it has for me it, it's got help get me through those difficult times it's been the one um like re refuge right it's been the place that i've i've gone to when if i'm sitting at home feeling under the weather if i'm sitting at home feeling a certain way about my relationship Jiu-Jitsu is where I go to, like I said it before, I feel like it's cleansing of the soul, at least for, for that couple of hours, for the, the time that I, I step on the mat to like even a few hours after, it's just like washed it away. But, you know, I, I run my own company. I, I haven't really talked about this. I am just in the final stages of getting divorced myself. And it's been tough, but Jiu-Jitsu is, is where I've gone. It's where I've pushed myself to go there because it made me feel better. The camaraderie, the the time after you know uh, rolling when we're like in the parking, like getting in our cars, and my buddies are asking me like, "Hey, how's everything going?" I need that. If it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have made it through as easily. Uh, even doing this, coming to jujitsu, speaking to you know my co-host Miguel, who you didn't get to meet today, or or Bo, my producer. Um, you know, it's, it's the thing that got me through. So even though this is a different part of jujitsu, this is because of jujitsu, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for jujitsu, but this is, you know, this hour, two hours that I spend, you know, talking about jujitsu is again, it's, it's cleansing for me. Yeah. It's, it's mm. cool. When you were talking about that, I, first of all, I appreciate everything you've said and I can relate to pretty much everything you just said. Uh, especially the, 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 I like the cleansing of the soul. I like that kind of imagery, but uh, someone said at a black belt promotion at our academy a while back. Um, he said, "Jujitsu is the longest relationship he's ever had." <laughs> and it, yeah. it, but you know, I, I realized, yeah, it's the longest relationship I've ever had as well. Well, that's not technically true. I've had 
a lot of childhood friends that I'm still close with, but, but, you know, definitely like <laughs> it's longer than pretty much any ro romantic relationship I've ever had. And <laughs> I always say the math, it's, it's always there. Like if you look back at your life, since you started jujitsu, like everyone's life has ups and downs and trials and tribulations and, uh, you know, successes and failures, but it was always there. I could always just go to the jujitsu mat and like, even if I didn't roll, I could just go see the guys, right? And just instantly feel better. And um, that's something, it's one of the reasons jujitsu is so popular is because that, that particular thing is so lacking in our world. And it's becoming scarcer and scarcer, this community and real connection between humans, because, you know, we're all working from home or many people are working from home and people are always distracted because they're playing on their phones and there's so many like calls for our attention. And then you have this thing where, yeah, you go into this room and you're with people for an hour or 90 minutes or whatever it is. You're with people, you're touching them, talking to them, you know, uh, learning with them. It's, it's a, it's a, an incredibly sacred thing. The, the more I, the older I get, the more I look at it, the more I realize how I'm more, more humbled I am by what a, a beautiful thing it is. You know, I didn't think about it till you just said it, that, I may have to start saying that about jujitsu, about it being my longest relationship. I used to say that about my dog. <laughs> I had a dog that passed away a couple of years ago, and I'm like, this is the longest. It's 14 years old. He was 14, um, maybe even 15. Um, that was the longest relationship I've ever had. And now that's that's still longer than my. I was with my wife for 10 years total, married for three. Uh, but now but jujitsu is going to be on that list of, I think, yeah. will wind up being the thing that I say was my longest relationship. Uh, speak, uh, speaking of my dog, uh, I did have a question, and I, I heard you talk about this on a podcast, and then somebody asked this question, so I, I have a feeling that this person knows you. Um, on Instagram, it was FM Brandon. Do you know somebody named Brandon? He yeah, said, what, a good friend of mine. when did you realize you were a cat person? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my, my ex-wife, actually, uh, I look back at that relationship, and... Um, despite the fact that uh, it, it was characterized by a lot of negative things. One of the positive things is she, she bought me two kittens for my birthday one year. Yeah. And that was about four, almost five years ago. And those little cats, man, like I, I literally did not know it was possible to love something as much as I love those two little creatures. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah. And it was almost instant. It took like five, four or five weeks. And I was like, you know, I die for these little cats. I just love them so much. Um, so I would say it was then when I got those two two kittens and, you know, got to know them. And the thing about cats, which is, I think, very similar to dogs, or maybe not quite the same with dogs, but there is overlap. Like cats are as different to each other as people are as different to each other. You know, they each have their own very distinct little personality and set of habits and characteristics. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just thoroughly enjoy that um i have an affinity for those creatures like i, I really you know i'm gonna get a, a bigger house soon and, and the only reason i'm getting a bigger house is so i can have more cats like that's, that's, <laughs> I, cats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't need a bigger place i love my place but like it's too small to have more than a couple of cats so um mark it was many it was five years ago when i got my kittens that's when i realized and i hope yeah. one day you realize too that you're a cat person, Mark. <laughs> is, is, Mark is Mark a, a, a dog person or claims to be a dog person? Yeah, he thinks he is. Yeah. He okay. thinks he is, but that's because he's never had a so, cat. Wait, this will be funny then. Well, I don't know if it's funny, but so I, I've always had dogs, never had cats, thought I hated cats. 
And my wife and stepdaughter found a little baby kitten by our pool. Uh, we had a townhouse at for, for a little while before we moved. And they, she, my wife comes running upstairs. She's like, we found a cat by the pool. And I'm like, don't bring it inside. I'm like thinking fleas. And I'm thinking, a cat. When you say cat, you know, I'm thinking a bigger cat. I go downstairs. This yeah. kitten fit in the palm of my hand. And I was just like, I fell in love instantly. And yeah. I've, we've, I had my dog. Then we had the kitten. My dog passed away. We still had the cat until I, I actually just moved this last weekend. Like we've separated and just moved out of the house this weekend. So now I've I've yeah. actually been in the house and every once in a while, like I'll see something off to the side. And in my mind, I'm just thinking like the cat's coming in the room and it's, just, it's not it's, I don't have the cat. She has the cat. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I am right now in this debate. Do I get a dog? I'm going to get an animal. Do I get a dog or do I get a cat? Dog, I'm okay, in an apartment. Dude, I'm pulling, I've got to go down and walk. Here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm pulling jiu-jitsu right. <laughs> and I, am, I, am, I don't want to say I'm ordering you. I'm strongly urging you to go down and get not one cat, but two cats. Oh, two cats. I, I heard a long time ago. Yeah. Two, I, I read this many years ago. It said when you're going to get a, if you're going to get a kitten, get two because it's twice the fun and no more hassle. And that really is true. I mean, if yeah. you clean one litter box with one cat or two cats, it doesn't really make much of a difference. And they will keep each other company. And it's just much, it's much better for both of them. And yeah, double your fun, bro. So yeah. I'm really excited to know the, know, uh, the names and the personalities <laughs> of the two cats when you get them. I, I'm leaning towards cat because being in an apartment, it's, you know, you've got to walk like, I've, okay, so I had a small dog. I had a little lap dog. It was a, it was a Yorkie. So he was really easy. When I lived in a house or lived in an apartment, it was easy. Take him out the back. Needs only a little bit of grass. Didn't need to run around a lot. When I was in an apartment, I had like the pee pads his whole life or uh, pee pads on the balcony and let him out in the balcony and he'd do his business. And that was real super easy. So that was in my mind as easy as a cat. I would like to get a bigger dog, so you're not going to have your bigger dog, you know, shit on a pad in an apartment or even on the balcony. Yeah. So I've been leaning towards the cats because they're so much easier. Like they take care of themselves. They give you a little, little bit of love when they when they want to give you love, and then that's you know, it's just easier maintenance. And I feel sure. like I want a bigger dog, but I think it's unfair to have a bigger dog in an apartment. I just think they need it to really run around. Fun. It's yeah. it's almost unfair. I think it's actually like borders on cruel when you have a bigger dog in an apartment and they all they do is just lay around and wait for you to you know to take them out and what do most people do they take them out for yeah. what a walk a couple of times a day and that's it and it's just a walk it's not like that let them run and let them be free and let them play with other dogs uh, you know i'm sure people are out there that that take them to dog park. i don't know that i have that time though i'm running two businesses the, the marketing company and this podcast is a business for us um, so yeah, I've, I've been leaning towards the cats, but now I'm, now you're saying two cats. Now I'm like, Oh boy, am I going to have two cats? I know you, I know you'll do the right thing, Milton. I, I I, I've always thought of the, well, well, help me out with this then. So th this is good. I'm getting, uh, some, uh, not just jujitsu instruction here, but in my mind, I feel I, this is no offense to you. I say this first in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm single. And I have always thought that it was weird when a guy has cats. Christian is behind behind the screen over here. One of the producers is nodding his head. Yes. I've always thought, I'm like, I'm going to be a guy. You know, you hear that, like the jokes about the cat woman, like a cat person, you know, a woman that has yeah, a, a three. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, this is my own, This is, I'm thinking 
I'm going to be a guy with a one cat. Now, now I have two cats because I you, you're telling me I have to get two cats. I thought it was weird. I mean, did you were divorced? The cats were the cats came from your your wife or your newer girlfriend? Uh, no, from my ex-wife. From the ex-wife, got the cats for me. So you did yeah. you keep those cats? I mean, those I cats keep, you kept after the divorce? Yeah, no, I, yeah I've okay. Got, I kept my cats. 100%. So then you yeah, start no, dating. No one's taking my cats from me. So then you start <laughs> dating. I and, feel bro, like I cleaned up, man. And yeah. I, I cleaned up, and it was partly because of cats, bro. Like people, really? Like, I, look, dude, I could <laughs> not give a flying continental, yeah. whatever, what people think of me. I really care less. The only there are certain things I care about, which is how people perceive the services that I offer. Like, yeah. do they feel that they've been fulfilled when they come to jujitsu class? Do they feel I've treated them with respect and everything? But with regards to my my lifestyle and who I am and how I present myself, I do not care. And if someone, it's like these guys that like in America, it's, it's quite a thing. Like dudes are like, there's some guys who are like, yeah, if you don't drive a truck, you're not a man, you know? Or like, yeah, man's got to have a dog. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's so. Man's best me, friend, right? We've, so, we've said, that's what we say in this country. I don't know if they say it in other countries, right? Sure. A dog is no, a man's no, best they, friend. They, they do say it in other countries, but like, man, if someone, man or woman judges me because I have two cats and I, I love them and look after them and, and like, and that's my thing. Like, I really, really, like, I want that person filtered out of my life. Like, okay. I don't want those types of people in my life. Like, yeah. that to me is is so myopic. It's so insecure. It's so, like, anti-masculine, to be honest. Like, yeah. some of the most, man, my, my business partner, this guy is the most masculine dude I know, right? Like, he was the high school quarterback. He owns more guns than, like, a small African country. <laughs> he is a, a third degree black belt. He's a, a black belt level boxing. When he walks in the room, he's got a presence. He's a proper man. And he's got two cats. Yeah. Right. Like I got, I, mean, I like it's, that is just, you got to get over that. Sorry, brother. That's, I get, no, that's, no, um, no. I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad that I'm here. I didn't know that we were going to talk about this today. Well, I knew about the cat person. Yeah. I wasn't sure that I was going to ask it. I'm like, what is, what is this? This cat person. But then I did hear a podcast that you were on where you talked about it as well. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I've, I've been talking, I guess I've been talking myself into it. So, so now the question is rescue, right? That's like the best way to do it is try I to mean, rescue. I think that's, yeah, yeah, rescue, but like get them when they're kittens, man, so yeah. that you can really like domesticate them and like have them bond with you. Like that's my yeah. look. Like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling yeah, you what yeah. I would do if I were you. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm super excited to to hear about them. <laughs> you see yeah. what he's doing, right? He's like he's he's already he's he, I have those cats already. He's he's putting that in my mind. I like it. Yeah. I, I did I did have one other question for you, but before we do that, let's let's talk a little bit about your school now. If you could take us back for a minute, you helped start a larger affiliation, but now you have a new affiliation. Is that right? If yeah, man. I, I was uh, I started um, Jiu Jitsu Brotherhood. Uh, man, must be close to fifteen years ago. And um, my my partner and I at the time we built it up to to reasonable success, and then partly because he and I just weren't getting along, and partly because I wasn't ready for it. That's the truth. I wasn't ready to lead an organization like that. That was too too much in an experimental phase of my life like working with psychedelics and traveling around and like i just wasn't stable i wasn't settled enough i didn't have my head screwed on straight so it kind of our relationship split up and 
um, a few of my those affiliated academies followed me when I when I transitioned to this new association, which is called Subconscious, um, and that's the one I'm running with that guy, the the masculine cat man. Okay. Was that your influence on him? Was that your influence on him? No. He no, had he cats had already cats before I did. Okay. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that may, that helped me get over the cat thing is seeing him with them. Um, and so now we've got uh, we've just signed up our nineteenth um, affiliated academy, uh, and you know it's I'm I'm fully committed to it, and I'm I'm having a lot of fun growing the association and realizing it it requires a whole different level of skills that I'm I'm having to to learn on the fly and you know jiu-jitsu has given me so much man like it, it really has it's given on balance it's given me I, I can't even say I can't even quantify how much it's it's improved my life and now the association is is largely about giving back and also I've got a yoga teacher and and she said um she's older and she's just started her own yoga place. And she said, like, you know, she's now realized she's at the age and she's she's been involved in yoga long enough that she's now a steward of yoga. She's become a stewardess of yoga, right? Like, and I think I'm now getting to the age where I realize like, like I'm one of the stewards of like the art moving forwards now. Like I've got to raise my game as as an instructor, as a leader, as a human being. I've I've got to like get better, right? And I've because I'm not a competitor anymore. I'm not that young, tough guy. I'm just not, man. I'm just like I'm just not the man I used to be. I'm not that animal anymore, right? And and that's okay because this next phase is actually rewarding and, and challenging in its own right, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm sorry I'm rambling a little bit. No, 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 no. Yeah, I answered your question. No, yeah. no, I appreciate that. And, and I wanted to – you're leading me to – again, you're, you're going to be helping me out. Uh, again, not just on cats, but to, let's talk about yoga a little bit. I've uh, done a little bit here and there over um, over my time in jiu-jitsu and martial arts. And I, you know, I kind of have just some basic stretches that I do that are yoga-based stretches. Um, again, I just moved, just moved in by myself. And I'm like, okay, now I, I feel like I now have the time to maybe start actually going to a yoga class. How important is yoga to you? I, I would assume that you're using it more for, um, for recovery or just basic maintenance. Was it something that you always did? Um, was it something that that came about because of jujitsu? Well, um, I started yoga at thirty, uh, uh, and I think maybe a little bit early, maybe it was twenty nine, and that was, and I really went nuts on it, dude. I mean, I was just going sometimes twice a day, five days a week, and wow. And then I, I did that for a few years, and then I got distracted by something. I can't remember what it was. Like I, I think it was when I moved to America, or there was something happened and i just stopped doing regular yoga classes um and i would always still dabble with yoga and stretch a little bit and i knew i knew enough to like you know do a little bit of yoga on my own but it was only recently this year when my back was just getting really like it was giving me a lot of trouble and i i said i gotta i gotta do something about this so i started going back to yoga classes and i forgot like or, or i remembered when i did when i went back to these classes i remembered just what an incredible tool this is for um, rehabilitation, but also um, prevent. It's like such a preventative tool, right? Like it's if you're doing yoga properly, it actually strengthens you. It doesn't just stretch you. It's not like everyone mm. just thinks, oh, yoga is about stretching, but it's not. Yoga is about developing like internal core strength and teaching your body how to move in in like 
if, uh, or how to um, repattern your movements in, in more healthy ways. Because the fact is, Milton, you know, a lot of people are not going to want to hear this, but jiu-jitsu is, is not good for your body. It's just not. It's good for your mind and it's good for your spirit to, as you said, like go sweat and cleanse yeah. yourself spiritually and like and talk to the guys and it's it's excellent for all those things but it is not good for your body that's um you know it's it's sure you'll perspire a little bit and there may be elements of it that you could argue are physiologically beneficial but on the whole it's 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 not good for your body it's so it's a repetitive strain injury right or it's mm -hmm. a it, it's just a repetitive series of movements that that and and if you really think about the nature of jiu-jitsu, you've got someone trying to twist you or bend you into a direction where your body is vulnerable and prone to injury right up until that point, right? So you you stiffen and, and like contort and learn to defend yourself against that. And it creates a lot of imbalances in the body, right? And it creates a lot of inflexibility as well. Um, so if you're serious about jiu-jitsu, if you want to be doing it for a long time, it's not even it's not even a question of like, should I, or shouldn't I, you have to do something mm. like yoga or some sort of active rehabilitation all the time. You have to, especially as you get older, you can get away with it till you're like 35, 36, but then it's going to catch up to you. So I don't even like, I realized the other day, I realized not bro, you're going to be doing yoga for the rest of your active adult life. As long as you're mm. going to be a jujitsu instructor or, or involved in jujitsu, you're going to be doing yoga. It's not, it's like brushing my teeth. Yeah. It's not negotiable. I just got to do it. Right? I, like I've I used weight I, training. I, I feel like I've used weight training as the as the thing that helped me believe with recovery. I feel like like I would do jujitsu one day and then weight training another. Now I'm trying to do if I weight train, I would still go to jujitsu at night. I try to weight train during lunch around lunchtime and then go to jujitsu. But I was using it as like an off day from jujitsu. I go weight train and I felt, I still feel like, I mean, I, I feel like it helps it in, you know, making, making me stronger. I feel like it helps me on the mats, but I actually feel like it helped me with my recovery. But I'm at a point where I do think that I really, I, I know how powerful yoga stretching, I would call it. Yoga stretching has, has been for me just getting on and off the mat, you know, I get home, do it before I would leave for the gym, do it when I get home. Um, not a lot of time to do it on the mats. The mats are always full, so it's like a little difficult to like get on the mats and stretch, like go a half hour early to stretch at the gym. So I do it at home, do it when I get back. I'm realizing how much better I feel just doing that. I'm like, I really need to be doing like a full yoga session. Now it now it becomes, I, I'm sold on doing yoga. Now it becomes, what's the difference between doing yoga and then like hot yoga? Should I be finding something like that or does that not even make a difference? Have you done both? Do you Do you have a preference? Yeah, I've done I've done both. I do not like hot yoga. Uh, my girlfriend, for example, swears by it. I've got some friends who like they love hot yoga. I I don't enjoy it. I don't feel that it's good for me. I feel like it's too, like especially, I, I just feel yeah. Uh, when I do a hot yoga session, I feel like it's just too much. I feel completely exhausted, drained. and I really drain. Drained is the word. Yeah, much better word. Um, I read somewhere uh, a very very good coach he said exercise should leave you feeling energized not exhausted mm. and um that is my primary philosophy now is i don't even with jiu-jitsu i man i you'll be probably be very surprised to know i roll like i don't roll more than 10 rounds a week probably closer to eight a week not a session a week dude mm -hmm. and that is more than enough for me right like i'm like that is so to go and do these like eight roll 
sessions, you know, like in one day, like my body just, it's, kind of, it's, it's just my, my body tells me it's not good for me. Now that might not be the same for everyone. I, I would guess that you're the kind of guy who can handle that. Right. But we're not all the same. We're just not. And part of being a martial artist and part of being a self-actualized human being is learning to really listen to your own internal guidance and not succumb to the pressures of the industry or the, the, whatever your peer group, you know, because in jiu-jitsu, there's this very, uh, I consider unintelligent uh, set of ideas floating around that includes, you know, like you got to be training all the time. You got to push yourself to your limits. And like, there was a meme where like, I think it was Keenan Cornelius, his, his hands were like all taped up and his fingers were like completely gnarled and messed up. Yeah. And it was like, it was something along the lines of like, no one sees the sacrifice involved. And like, then I think Matt Thornton from Straight Blast Gym he put a comment on that meme that always stuck with me. And he just said, this is unintelligent. Like if you're training to the point where your hands are like mangled and you can't grip and you wake up in the middle of the night with like cramps in your hands, that's not intelligent. It's not, it's just not like sooner or later, then you're going to, you're going to hit a point where your body is just permanently incapacitated. And then there's no jujitsu. Like, yeah. then you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And at, then, like, at 50, then, that's no my care. fear that at 50, that's my yeah. fear that I want to, I want to be able to do this even at 50, in my mind, I'm, I want to be doing this for the rest of my life as long as I can at least be associated with it. In some way, I've, I know that there's going to be a point where I probably can't get on the mat and roll. And maybe that's when I'm coaching or when I'm teaching or um, when I'm doing something related to jujitsu. But I know, again, I'm, I'm not scared to tell somebody that I don't want to roll with them or that I can't do something or we're doing a warm up and my back is hurting. I'm like, that's just going to make it worse. I'll we'll do warmups and there's certain things that I won't do. And I'll just stand in, yeah. the, in the corner and do jumping jacks and then jump back in when I could kind of do it again. Like I'm doing something. I'm not over. I don't say I'm going to stand over here to be like that purple belt that shows up late so that it doesn't have to do warmups. Like, no, I'm going to do something else. I'm showing everybody. Yeah, I'm not doing that because it's going to hurt my body, yeah. but I'm going to be over here doing something and exercise while you guys but are doing this. Do, don't warm do jumping jacks, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do, um, yeah, no, jumping jacks discoordinate the body. It's like an antiquated, um, uh, what's the opposite of beneficial. Um, it, it's not, it's not a good exercise. It actually, detrimental that's the word thank you it's a detrimental exercise because it uses your body works in a contralateral movement pattern opposite arm opposite leg and it actually trains you out of that okay so uh you don't want to do that yeah okay. like you, you can read it. i mean it's not my idea like it's no. from sports science i learned that many years ago um but yeah i know i respect you for that it's 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 a very subtle thing because you've got to you've got to it's one of the hardest things to do in my opinion is is um differentiate between Am I taking a rest today because I feel my body needs a rest? I really feel it needs a rest, or am I just being lazy, right? Mm -hmm. And and the ego can really trick you. It can it, it can really do a number on you, right? And you've got to really get in touch with yourself, and you've got to be able to answer that question truthfully. Like, do I need rest? Do I really? Is my body screaming for rest and saying this is enough, or am I just being lazy? And the problem is our culture, hustle culture, teaches you that, no, you're always just lazy. You're lazy, you're lazy, you're lazy. Mm -hmm. Go harder, work harder, do more, 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 more. And that is just as detrimental as doing too little. It's just as detrimental. I, I just so, had that happen to me. That was, that, was that was my internal, what you just described, what I went through yesterday. I moved, I uh, got my apartment keys on Friday, and I started moving stuff out of storage myself. Did it all by myself. No furniture. I got rid of everything, just kept all my personal stuff. But... Friday to Sunday, I was moving and it was to, you know, second floor apartment, elevator, long walks, 
second floor of the storage facility, like the whole nine, back and forth, back and forth. And on Monday, I was my body was shot. And I had that, am I being lazy or do I really need a break? And I, in my mind, I joke with my coach. I say, he's like on my shoulder going, "It's a, he says this thing, it's a choice, like to get to jujitsu or not. It's a choice. You either choose to come or you, or you don't. But he's getting in our head. So I joke with him, but that little guy was on my coach, Professor Felipe was on my shoulder telling me like, get to class. So I went to class yeah. and I'm glad I did, but I know yesterday I needed a break. So much of like I got a really good night's sleep last night and I feel so much better today. But after that session, I was just like, why did I do this? I, I just shouldn't have been there. But it was, I you guess. Sound like a, you sound like a slacker to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'm always on. I, I tell people, um, I, I interviewed a guy a couple of uh, episodes ago. Said it's the first time somebody made me feel like I'm being lazy because I'm I think I'm one of the busiest people that I know. And when I meet somebody that's like, wow, you're actually busy. He's a flight instructor. He owns a gym. He runs uh, something for like a, a a course for police officers and gun control and all this. And I'm just like, when do you have to? I'm, what does your wife say about all this? My wife was arguing with me just because I had a podcast in the business and you've got all of these things going on. I'm like, how do you have time in the day? But I, I'm probably the busiest person that I know because. For me, in, in, in a good way, jujitsu is like part of my business now. It is. I named my company Black Belt Digital Marketing because of jujitsu. I have the podcast. And if I don't train, how can I come on here and talk about it? I love jujitsu. Jujitsu, it's a, my passion. But now it's like I had like sometimes I tell them, like, you have to go to jujitsu. You have to be better at jujitsu so that you can continue to do what you're doing and talk about it and provide advice and ask for advice and and have these mm. amazing guests on and things like that. So there's there's that little part for me as well. And and as I the closer I get to black belt for me, um, besides life throwing me a couple of curveballs recently, I feel the I want to earn the black belt. I don't want to get a black belt because, oh, well, you've been a brown belt for two years. I want to earn it because I've earned it. I want to know that I belong there. That's that's me saying it to myself. Nobody's saying that to me. That's my internal dialogue. I really want to earn it. I don't want anybody to be like, three-day-a-week guy for two years, you get a black belt. Is that really, you know, like, are you really a black belt? I I want to be, I'm here every day. I'm here five, six days a week. I, again, I just want to earn it. That's just the way that, that my dialogue is is going right now. It hasn't always been like that. I've been a two and three day a week guy throughout my, you know, my jiu-jitsu career. But now I'm just like, um, not that there's a desire for the belt. I just want to know when it actually happens that I've, in my own mind, that I got it because I deserved it. And I put in the time, not because, you know, Time has passed, you know, I'm being that again, two or three day guy, because there are people that 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 happens to. I don't know. What's your take on on promotions? And is it like time or time on the mat? Do you recognize one or both? Or is is it just like an individual decision with with each student? Uh, it's it's you can't just say it's um, performance based because there's some guys they start jujitsu at 40. You know, they're unathletic. And those guys are going to get better, but they're never going to be great. They're still going to lose to the strong white belt wrestler, 21-year-old kid that comes in. And mm. like, yeah, I mean, what am, what am I going to do? Just never promote the guy? Like, yeah. as long as he's coming and he's learning and he's open, like, you've got to use mm. your, your discretion, right? Like, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of three-day-a-week guys that, yeah, if you just, it's going to take longer. Sure, you might, yeah. might take 15 years instead of eight, but 
uh, I don't think that you need to have a certain like level of of like um, being able to tap everyone in the gym or like compete. I think that's nonsense, dude. And it's um, okay. It's not necessary, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so, so Nick, we're gonna we're gonna start to wrap things up. I'm gonna go through our, the final questions. We call this the drill down. We usually have a better sound effect. My producer usually does it, but since we're in the new studio, I did it. So okay, so th- these are common questions. You know, we, you saw that we put out posts for for questions every time we have a guest on. These are common questions that we get, so we've just kind of put them all in. And 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 this is uh this has evolved over time. So uh, quick answers. You can elaborate. Feel free. Uh, this is not a speed round. So, first question: preference, gi or no gi? Gi. Takedown or pull guard? Takedown. Music during rolling, yes or no? Music. Yes. What's your preference? What's your go-to? Music during rolling. No, no, but I mean, oh, like, uh, uh, what's the style uh, of music, uh, artist? Like, like uh, progressive, progressive house or progressive trance, electronic music. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get a lot of pushback yeah. from yeah. students on that? I know in my gym sometimes we do. Like, what's this going? Uh, uh, um, uh. I love it though, actually. So just yeah, I don't actually get much pushback. No, um, because I think they've got to the point where they understand it doesn't matter. Like when it comes to the music, I'll, I'll take feedback on pretty much anything. Yeah, but man, I'm, I'm <laughs> like when we're rolling and I'm I'm running the class. That's what we're listening to. Gotcha. Now, are you someone that watches a lot of jujitsu when you're not on the mats? You like almost zero zero really so it's like leave it at the office i mean like if there's a if there's a position if there's a position i know i'm lacking in and i need to learn it then i will go and study it but i, I don't just put on jiu-jitsu to watch for so fun. Like, like fight to wins wnos that that kind of stuff zero. you're not interested how about zero. like the ufc yeah. are you do you do you like to watch UFC, fights? i i do like i i enjoy the like the spectacle of the fights i don't enjoy the the kind of the the energy it's starting to attract and the energy it's starting to like project um it's like it's it's turning into thuggery in my opinion like and and it's it's starting to like play out like kind of reality tv with a lot of drama and name calling and and that element of it i do not appreciate i do not respect but the athleticism and the skill of the combatants is just i mean it's, it's at a level that i never even thought it could I never imagined it could get this good. So you're talking and about like the I, Conor I McGregor's of, of the world kind of? Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Like the kind of like that, names, that style? But, uh, that kind of energy is, is not something I respect. Like I'm more of a GSP type guy, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what I respect. So um, I, I would assume that but, you, you have that same feeling, obviously, about jujitsu and like, you know, the Gordons of the world and this craziness that that, that surrounds him with but, this back and forth. I can't even begin to imagine the pressures that that guy is under. I don't know the man. I don't know yeah. who he is. Like, I, he's he's obviously like an incredibly um, successful athlete. And I think at that age, to to be in the position he's in, he must have so many pressures. He's got so many people putting him on a pedestal. Like, I, I can't make a judgment on that guy for being the way he is. It's mm-hmm. not how I. It's not the energy that I resonate with at the moment. But um, he's just a young man finding his way in the world, and he's got an extraordinary set of circumstances that surround him. And I don't think he's a bad dude. I just think like every now and then some of his opinions are quite like yeah jarring and and not they don't really align with my opinions. I've I've uh, I've called him out on the fact that I believe that he's a closeted nice guy. 
he's actually a really nice guy. You hear when you hear people meeting him that that have met him, like he's a super nice guy. They've gone to his his uh, um, his seminars or they've trained with him. Everybody says he's nice. It's this. I feel like it's almost like. Uh, Kobe Covington in, in the UFC, like he felt like he had to be the bad guy to get attention, um, and, heel, yeah. and yeah, be the heel to to get the fight, to get the next big fight, to do you know. Uh, same thing with Kobe Covington. He's you talk to people that know him, you know, he said all that shit about Brazilians when he was in Brazil, and then you know, he comes back and he, these guys are like it's not. He doesn't think like that. that's not him. He's it's a show. It's yeah. a character that he's putting yeah. on. I, I don't really love it, but with those two in particular, once you kind of you hear and you peek behind the curtain a little bit, you're like, all right, it's just show. It's just like yeah. you know WWE. So I don't I don't love it either though. It's not the, it's not my preference to watch and watch them or hear them talk that way. I love to see them perform, love to watch them fight, both of them. But I don't love the, the theatrics. So okay, so next question here. What is your ultimate goal? What, what do you want your legacy to be in the world of jiu-jitsu? Wow, well, I've never been asked that question. This uh, is a thinker. This is usually a thinker. Yeah, that is quite an intense one. Um, so let's, I'll say it this way. How, how would you uh, like to be remembered? How do you want people to remember you? Authentic. Authentic. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now this is this is the big one. This is a, a pretty serious question that we ask uh, here on the podcast. Is it about cats? No. <laughs> do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? Wow, that is damn. I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the controversy. This this, this, yeah. <laughs> this usually leads to a lot of controversy. Um actually no, I I don't I've I'm not one of those guys who I'll never wash my belt, but I just, I generally don't wash it, truth be told. Okay. Yeah. It's not because of the mojo, washing out your mojo. You just no, don't no, wash it. No, it's not. Right? It's not. Okay. It's just, it's just, yeah, like, I find they degrade really quickly when you wash them, and I've got yeah. a really nice belt, like, with the, the embroidered stripes, and it's yeah. a quad, and I just, I kind of don't want to mess it up, truth be told. Okay. I'm a, I'm a belt yeah. washer. Um, I'm not so attached to the oh, sorry, belt. Sorry, I gotta go, dude. Uh, I'm gonna, I gotta go. Oh, you... I'm gonna... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's messing with me. <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've never been one that's attached to the belt. I've always had, uh, when I was a blue belt, my coach gave me a belt, but he encouraged me. He's actually told me like, buy, go buy this belt. It's a really good belt. It was uh, by, I don't know if they're still around Dom D O M. It was a really good belt. It was thick that's and it, it was, uh, it was so much thicker that it, it didn't come, it didn't did untie as much. It, it just the, the way that it was built and they might still be around. So I've always wound up having two belts. I have a sponsor that gives me a belt. Coach gave me a belt, and then the sponsor gives me a belt with my name embroidered on it. So I've worn both. So I, I, I just throw them in the wash and wash them. And then when we started doing the podcast, people would uh, – we had Wagner, Wagner Rocha on, and he sitting right next to me like – I felt like he almost scolded me like, you're not supposed to be washing your belt. Are you crazy? Why would you wash your belt? And I didn't That's get – his, his take on it was you're making it appear that you have – You've been on the mats longer, right? Your coach is looking at that, oh, saying that you've you've it's worn, it's worn because you're washing it, not because you trained. But I'm like, but I have two belts. Like I literally have one that's like a brighter, newer brown, and then I have the one that's older. And you know, I've ne never looked at it until he said that. Then I was just like, I'm gonna be on it. I started washing it less. 
washing them less. Yeah. I spray them a little bit more now with other stuff. We have uh, a sponsor called uh, NutraZone Clean, so I'll spray it with their spray, or maybe I'll Lysol it. Sure. Um, I do feel that I probably have a little bit more attachment to the belt, to a black belt. If and when that happens, I feel like I would probably have a little bit more uh, attachment to that belt that that my coach gives me at black belt because it's kind of probably like at yeah, my age that's the time. last belt on, that's the last belt promotion i'm going to get barring stripes right I'm, for sure yeah thank you to feito it and av specializing in commercial and residential automation security cameras cctv pos and more check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow & Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow & Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Only time will tell if you're going to disrespect your black belt or you disrespect your other folks. <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to leave it right there. Do you Listen, let me give you a moment. Do you have, uh, you know, let's uh, mention your gym. Tell everybody where it is. If you have any shout outs that you want to make, anybody you're working with or uh, sponsors, sure. companies you work with, um, now's your time. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Milton. It's been a really fun conversation. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Thank and, you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, Man, I'm always available. Like I'm, a, I'm an open book. If anyone wants to reach out and and contact me, I'm I'm always around. Uh, you can find all my stuff, including my association, my books, my videos, everything. You just go to coachnickg.com, and that is Nick with no K. So it's coachnicg.com. Awesome. Well. Like I said before, don't hang up because we're going to do a couple of promo pictures, but I really appreciate you having uh, or taking the time. It was great having you on. And um, I will let you know as soon as I get my two cats. I will, I'm going to send you a picture. <laughs> I'm going to text you a picture first. But thank you very much for doing Amazing. this. I appreciate it. So, again, the, give Amazing. me a second. I'm just going to read a couple of uh, just our closing out a little housekeeping, and then we're going to take those pictures. Um, okay. Check us out, everybody, at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all the ways to watch, listen, and support. Uh, I'm Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. I usually have Bo uh, give his Instagram, but he's not mic'd up. But uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Peace, love, jujitsu. Us. Awesome.